I worked in marketing management for seven years, death's job life. And I also, as a young professional, I had a lot of ambition and fire and I did love serving my community and getting involved in a lot of things. But I just kept on saying yes, because I joined a board and they were like, oh, would you be willing to step up into leadership roles? And so then became the vice president, joined another board, became a committee chair, you know, started just more and more and more, right? People say, oh, Lily will get that done. Oh, Lily can handle it. Or, oh, Lily will finish it. Because just who I am and in my nature, I love being efficient. I love being productive. I love also connecting with people. And I do find a huge joy in helping. But uh, that that desire to help can easily fall into people pleasing and easily falling into saying yes to everything and everyone without regard or without, yeah, without regard for how I'm actually doing. So if I'm feeling stressed and overwhelmed and still saying yes to people, yikes. Hello and welcome to Be The Wolf. I am your host, Jenea Barnes. Many people struggle to be the fullest, biggest, truest versions of themselves. They bend to fit into other people's ideals of who and what they should be. They tame their brilliance to avoid judgment and gain approval. A long time ago, people attempted to tame the wilderness of Yellowstone National Park by eradicating predators. Taming the wilderness collapsed the ecosystem. But there's hope. In the mid-90s, 41 wolves were introduced into the park and with this, the ecosystem replenished itself and flourished. The wolves did nothing but be exactly who they are meant to be and do what they were born to do. So I say to you, be the wolf. Hello, everybody. Welcome today to this episode of Be the Wolf. We're going to talk about that say yes habit. And I know a lot of you out there have a habit of saying yes, or maybe a better way to say it is maybe you have a little trouble saying no. And the result of that, for those of you that have this habit, you already know you're depressed depleted, you're tired, you're overwhelmed. It seems like there's always something to do and there's never enough time. And over time, that wreaks some havoc on our body, our mind, our spiritual well-being, all of the things. So I am here today with Lily Allen Duenas. She is the founder of Wild Yoga Tribe. She's a podcast host. So if, I mean, you guys are podcast listeners, if you're listening, so go ahead right now and open up that podcast app that you're listening to this in and search for Wild Yoga Tribe and give it a follow. Okay, so I'm going to give Lily, a chance to tell us more about what she does and who she serves, all of the things. And then we're going to dive into the say yes habit. Now, if this is you, you're going to want to listen because I know we're both going to have a lot of insight for you here today. 
Lily, take it away. (laughs) Thank you so much. I love the intro and I'm so excited to be here. It is always a treat to be on other people's podcasts and especially Be the Wolf. Like I love this podcast and I love the motto, like being the wolf. I love the story behind that. I think it's just beautiful. Um, So I am the founder of the Wild Yoga Tribe and the host of the Wild Yoga Tribe podcast. So what is the Wild Yoga Tribe, right? It is a beautiful, bright, collaborative community of yoga teachers from all around the world. So if you're looking to have a yoga retreat or go on a retreat, or if you're looking to get a guest teacher in, like if there's any kind of space you're like, hmm, or even just travel, you're just going to Mexico and want a yoga studio to pop into. It's This is the place where you find your tribe, you find your people. And it's not necessarily only those who want to do yoga. Um, of course, that's in the name. That's a huge part of it. But meditation, the pansanas, breath work, um, veganism, you know, plant-based nutrition. It's just for those people who are kind of seeking more information, guidance, knowledge, and connections and community on this path. And so I love and I'm so grateful to be involved in that and like cultivating that container for it. Uh, I also do teach yoga myself and I'm a Reiki master healer, a vegan nutritionist and a health and wellness holistic coach. Um, I teach yoga and meditation, and I do healing modalities internationally, as well as I'm located now in Des Moines, Iowa, right in the middle of the U.S. And so I do things locally here, virtually and then internationally. I love that you bring in so much more than just the physical practice of yoga. I know a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to yoga class, and they're going for the workout. Like they're literally going for the workout and that's it. And over time, if they continue to practice, they get to experience. I know I've practiced yoga off and on for 25 years now. So you experience this unfolding of some of the other things that come along with that. It's that taking care of the body in a different way and calming the mind in a different way. So many different things, which of course, lead very much into this say yes habit. And I think now you, I know you were in a place where you were saying yes all of the time. You got it. And, and, And you weren't always on this path of the leader of the wild yoga tribe. So tell me, Tell me about your say yes habit. Do you want me to go back to the beginning or just talk about it in general? Well, let's go. Let's let's talk to let's bring in the beginning of your story and when you were really stuck in it and some of the things that you were experiencing, because I think that's so important for people to understand that they're not alone in the way they feel that feel. For sure. Yeah. So I worked in marketing management for seven years, death's job life. And I also, as a young professional, I had a lot of ambition and fire and I did love serving my community and getting involved in a lot of things. But I just kept on saying yes, because I joined a board and they were like, oh, would you be willing to step up into leadership roles? And so then became the vice president, joined another board, became a committee chair, you know, started just more and more and more, right? People say, oh, Lily will get that done. Oh, Lily can handle it. Or, oh, Lily will finish it. Because 
just who I am and in my nature. I love being efficient. I love being productive. I love also connecting with people. And I do find a huge joy in helping. But uh, that that desire to help can easily fall into people pleasing and easily falling into saying yes to everything and everyone without regard or without, yeah, without regard for how I'm actually doing. So if I'm feeling stressed and overwhelmed and still saying yes to people, yikes. So I did go through a huge burnout phase. And this was kind of before burnout was even a commonplace term. I've also been doing yoga for, we're coming up on 20 years. But the practice was, for me, something I was just growing into. And for, while being so distracted by my profession, at the same time in all of my jobs. So I got really burned out. I kept on describing to my friends, like I felt like campfire that you just put one more log on top of one more log, one more log, one more log until wow. the fire burns out. And it's funny, we didn't have a word burnout yet, but I was already right. using that metaphor for how I was feeling. So I spent yeah. a whole year just doing self-reflection and, and shavasana on my mat, just meditating and saying, what am I supposed to do? And when the answer came, be a yoga teacher, help other people. Oh, well, uh, one of the things that I really kind of want to lean into this place of continuing to say yes, mm. I think especially so many of us women you know, grown up with that say yes mentality and just keep doing it. And I mean, so many of us are powerhouses strong or efficient. And I love in your description how you talked about, oh, just give it to Lily. She can handle it. Just give it to her. She can do it. Oh, you want to do this? Oh, here you go. And I think for a lot of women, we become really good at a lot of things. And part of that is because we say yes to everything. And then we have to make sure that we do it well and do it right and all of those things. And we're also really good at holding it together. So I'm going to take a guess. Nobody knew that you were smoldering inside. Good guess. Yeah. I mean, of course, my close friends, I definitely am very vulnerable. And that is part of my core values is really having vulnerability and space for authentic connection with the people that I trust and are my people. But other than that, yeah, no, I, I wasn't faking it, but I was definitely pushing all of the, the energy out so that outwardly I seemed really on top of everything and totally fine. And it's that inner cup that was just super empty and it's not sustainable, right? You do hit a breaking point or breakdown and yeah, it just, it can be really scary how bad that can be for some people. And so of course, you can have self-care and you can still have, you know, an hour a week bubble bath up there or something or that one yoga class you go to a week that is your moment of self-care. But usually if you are seven days a week, every hour of the day, doing everything you're doing for other people with that strong energy push out, that one hour a week isn't quite enough, right? To fill back up. Well, and it's, well so many things I want to talk about right here, but you just brought up that idea. So I think uh, I want people to know that for a lot of people that are stuck in this say yes habit, self-care can actually make your stress worse. And I think for a lot of women entrepreneurs, I know you're working too hard, too many hours. I've got a gift for you. It is the three secrets to maximize your time and increase your profits. 
you can grab this at bethewolfgift.com. Open up your browsers, do it now. And the thing is, is these are secrets that the business gurus are not going to tell you. You can only get this information here. So open up the browser, type in bethewolfgift.com and grab it now. But for you, was it self-care? Was it enough to balance out that burnout? Yes and no. I would say yes and that it was a daily self-practice. So I was there every morning. And then also I was doing meditation, journaling. I was doing CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy with a talk therapist. Like I was doing all the things, right? It wasn't just, as you mentioned earlier, just asana, just the physical workout, right? Like that was not my intention or not why I was building up these habits. But still, I feel like if you're in a place of only saying yes to others, and and you're not really quite in that space of fulfillment and finding that 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 sense of completeness and wholeness in yourself. I'm not saying in your relationship with others or I, you don't have kids and you want kids or you don't have a partner. It's really about you, how you're right. feeling in you. Then I think these tools will get you so far. And could I have sustainably done that forever with doing, you know, yoga once a week and meditating 15 months a day or whatever forever? Maybe, and it was a job change. I think I wasn't quite in the right space. Um, So I'm really grateful that I was able to kind of have that dedication for like, I'm just going to wait for the right answer to present itself. And then very grateful that I was able to like jump, leave, take that step and to really stepping into my truths and what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And I think that's like, right now is a great time for, you to tell people where they can find you before we're, we're going to dive deeper into this story. We're going to offer some tips. So make sure you all keep watching, keep listening. Um, but yes, tell us where people can find you. And again, what it is that you bring to the table for people. Thanks. Yeah. So if you're uh, wanting to open up that browser and type in Wild Yoga Tribe, uh, that's my website, wildyogatribe.com has tons of resources. Janaya um, also offered, you know, some free gifts. So just head on over. I have a free meditation you can download just like seven minutes long. Just hang out with me, listen. Um, I'm on YouTube if you want to do some free yoga classes with me. Uh, and if you want to listen to the podcast instead of on Apple or Spotify, I do have that YouTube channel which has recordings of the podcast, Wild Yoga Tribe podcast as well. And if you're on social media anywhere, I'm there too. So Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, Twitter, you name it, we can hang out on that platform. So if you are interested in some holistic coaching and private yoga classes on Zoom, if you're interested in organizing or finding out more about retreats, if you're a yoga teacher, a yoga student, a spiritual seeker, whatever's moving through you, I'd love to get in touch and see if I could maybe help. Awesome. Okay. So now, One of the things when we first met, you said to me that really struck me is that you didn't want to wait to have a near-death experience to have a shift in perspective about your life. Tell me about that. Yeah, I think it's probably common. Hopefully when I I talk about this, everyone can go, oh, yeah, I've read a book about that. Or, oh, yeah, I've heard about that. That you hear the interview or you hear or you read a book or something happens where Kind of on repeat here. Oh, I was diagnosed with cancer and then I, or oh, I was in a horrible car crash and then I. It's like, and then you changed everything, right? Then you 
stepped into your truth. Then you actually did what your heart was just calling and calling and calling for. Because in the West, we are so busy. I'm not going to deny that. And I'm, I'm not going to be a hypocrite and say, oh, no, I'm nothing but a peaceful yoga teacher. And I low risk 10 hours a day. How can anyone be stressed? I think we all have a lot on our plates. And we're, as kind of hints out in this conversation, it's not just there is a lot. It's people put a lot on our plates, right? It's that do, do, do mentality, being a human doing, the, the human being. And so I think that we are prioritizing productivity, achievements, creation, doing how many things checked off the to-do list. And it's unrealistic for humans. Like this is not a realistic pace. And so in this busyness, we don't often have time to really set aside to make choices, to, to reflect, to make choices, and then to do things or create things or breathe space into things that we really want, really, really want in your heart center, your heart's desire, what you're calling for, whether it's travel, whether it's learning a new language, whether it's mastering a new cooking skill. You know, there's things you want to do, but you keep saying, oh, I'll run one day or oh, I'll visit Guatemala one day. And then years and years happen. And then that cancer diagnosis comes, that huge health scare or the loss of a loved one or something happens to wake you up. And then all of a sudden, oh, I am going to learn the language. Spanish classes once we go to Guatemala at the end of the year, you meet the love of your life, then you're moving to Guatemala. And then, you know, just things start unfolding when right. you step in, right? So I didn't want to wait. I didn't want to wait for something horrible to happen or really uh, gut-wrenching and life-changing. I wanted to change my life before something horrible happened. And one of the things that I really notice, and, and it seems like in your story, you went through this too. It was this, I want something more. I want something better, but I'm not sure what that is. And that desire to not want to wait for that big wake-up call. And the big wake-up calls, one of my closest friends is going through one of those in her life. And, and it's been interesting to watch because I much like you have been on the like let me try and figure it out path before something crazy happens uh because I had lots of crazy happen in my early life and um but I think there is so much noise about what we're supposed to be doing what the society tells us we should do what our parents told us we should do what what is so-called normal and we're supposed to feel like we want in our lives, that it's really hard to connect, as you say, with that heart center to really figure out what is true and right for you. And so I, you know, of course, we're talking about be the wolf, be who you are born to be. But it's not always just like you wake up and you know exactly who you're born to be. Most of us have been playing some sort of a charade not on purpose there's like survival mechanisms in place there's so many different things and you know we're little kids we don't know we look to our parents to help us figure things out we look to our teachers and they don't necessarily know because they're not you so they don't necessarily know what is right for you most of our mentors and teachers are not teaching us how to connect with ourselves so that we can figure that out and so you were on this quest to figure out what was 
what was your way out of your say yes habit and probably a lot of other habits too? <laughs> yeah, I think that if you're in that space of not sure what you want, I think there's no better tool than silence. Just making time to listen to yourself because we often run away from our thoughts or we distract ourselves, we escape them, we numb, you know, whether it's alcohol or whether it's television. You're often right. very engaged in something else and when things get quiet, maybe it's two minutes in traffic. Pick up a phone, distract yourself. You're not even willing usually, or people aren't usually willing to just sit with their thoughts. And I think a lot of clarity can be found if you cultivate and carve just a little space just to hear what's going on in your mind and maybe develop a practice. Maybe it's Shavasana and yoga. Maybe it's meditation. Maybe it's a nature walk. A practice where you ask yourself questions. What am I supposed to do with this one wild and precious life, right? Mary Oliver quote, where you can just ask yourself, how am I feeling? And why do I feel this way? What could feel better? I'm, I'm not promoting overthinking. I'm right. not promoting worrying. But what I think is really cornerstone of self-knowledge and self-awareness and silence and it is that ability to develop kind of a self-discovery will happen if you're just along with yourself and in quiet and actually getting to know yourself a little bit better right right yeah it's funny people ask me sometimes well if you were going to tell a person what they what to do if they couldn't afford to like work with you or work with, you know, another healer or anything like that. I just say, sit with your eyes closed and don't worry about what your mind does. That's what way I say at the beginning over time, you can start to cultivate that like clearing of the mind, focusing on the breath. But in the beginning, especially if you're a person that's in one of the, in the say yes habit, there's always like, it's probably not so easy to sit still, period. So I think in the beginning, you know, there's no wrong way to do it. There's only a right way to just sit. And so I always just say sit and you'll notice sensations will come and you'll notice your mind will go crazy for a little while. Eventually you'll calm, it'll calm down. Uh, I think Kyle C says, like the first 30 minutes, you're just breaking up with yourself <laughs> so that you can connect to something bigger and more expansive. So, you know, when people say, oh, well, I can't clear my mind, it's a practice. It's never, it, it, there's no perfection in it. It's always just a practice. And wherever you are right now with that practice is perfect. Totally perfect. Absolutely. And if there's criticism or judgment arising in you, like, oh, I should be clearing my mind. I should be. It's not whack-a-mole. You're not like whacking <laughs> your thoughts with a hammer and or that that's so aggressive. I think what we're practicing is being okay with whatever arises. And if your mind is distracted and let's say you are trying to focus on the brass, if you realize, oh, wait, I was just thinking for the last five minutes. That's not a moment of judgment. That's a moment of celebration. Like you're remembering, oh, I, I remembered that I was thinking and remembered that I was supposed to draw my thought back. That's you're awake, you're aware. And it was a moment of great success that you brought your mind back, even if you were meditating for five minutes and you only remembered once. It's okay. Keep sitting. Yeah. There's nothing, no such thing as a good meditation or a bad meditation. That does not exist. What it does exist, though, is how regular you meditate. 
because there is perhaps, you know, more growth available if you're willing to do it more consistently. So my teachers never say, how was your meditation or how's meditation going? Is it good, bad? They always say, how regular? (laughs) That's the only question that matters. Yeah. And I remember when I, because I kept trying to for so long and I could not sit still. 10 minutes, I was crawling in my skin. I felt like I wanted to leap up on the ceiling. If you've ever seen one of those vampire movies where they leap on the ceiling and they're like, that's how I felt inside of my body trying to sit still for 10 minutes. And it's so funny. Parents are like always telling their kids, sit still, sit still. And so many cannot do the same. But I remember I finally started consistently sitting and I did 20 minutes a day. And the first week I noticed a massive up leveling in my joy. So it's powerful. Yeah, it's a very powerful thing. So you were asking the question in Shavasana. Now, probably most everybody listening knows what Shavasana is, but in case they don't, do you want to let them know it? Sure. It's also, it's translated in Sanskrit to corpse pose, Shavasana. And so Shavasana is just kind of you're laying on the ground like a a very small starfish or snow angel, like you're just kind of slopped open. And you usually, after a, a yoga asana class or even after a meditation or pranayama practice, and you can lay there for one minute, 20 minutes. It doesn't matter. It's about how much time you have. But generally, it should be at least a minute long because it really is where the benefits of your practice just soak in. You're giving your body a little transition time before popping up and rolling up your mat or popping up and grabbing a coffee, whatever it is. You need time to kind of let everything sink in. Just like after seeing a beautiful amazing movie you don't immediately want to get on your phone and watch another movie right you, you want to just have a little space well if there is an epic flicks of Danish culture now but perhaps <laughs> that was a horrible example but my point <laughs> is that you would like we would like a little space in between things you eat a, an amazing meal you're very full you don't immediately want another meal right you need a little break so the shavasana is very important and it can be time just to be really melty and tired and soaked up all the benefits where you just feel really marinating in the juice. Or it can be times where you can actually be asking that inner wisdom like I did, what's next? What am I supposed to do? And just waiting for that inner voice to speak. It's not about immediately having a conversation with your own mind. It's about really trying to be patient for that inner voice to speak up. And usually you have to get pretty quiet to be able to hear it. Right. I'm curious, do you have, because I know there's a very different tone of my like inner wise mind voice versus my, oh my God, the whole world is going to collapse. You need to do this and you should be doing this. There's a very different tone in the voice. Like the wise mind is like when I say, hello, wise mind. It's like, yes, Janaya. (laughs) And the other one's like, what are you doing? I don't know what you're doing. You need to be doing something different. Like there's a much more friendliness to it. And the other one is much more grounded. So do you have a difference between those two inner voices? Yeah, of course. It's very similar that like higher octave, higher pitch, fast pace, anxiety type voice, and then the lower grounded. And I actually really enjoy having a visual visualization to pair with that. So 
maybe a meditation practice for your listeners if they're interested is to visualize what does my fear look like or what does my wise mind like and having some imagery to pull up as well can also be really powerful maybe some of your listeners have done inner child work where you're imagining yourself as a child visualizing that visualizations are amazing and i think it's been scientifically proven up the wazoo right like athletes visualize their downhill ski course and then they actually perform it better because they visualized it so if you're someone who's not into visualizations and like oh no that's just new age stuff science has definitely proven it so maybe give that a go (laughs) well and i can tell you the reason scientifically what it does is it gives your subconscious mind a, a neural pathway that it's already done it before and as you know, when you've done something over and over and over again, it becomes easy. The more you do it, the more it becomes sort of ingrained in you. So if you are visualizing it, talking about the fact that you have done it already, even tricks your subconscious mind into thinking you've done it. So it, it lowers the fears, it lowers the inhibitions about it. And it helps to carve neural pathways. And the deeper those neural pathways are carved, the easier it is for your mind to just access them automatically. So that's the neurosciencey kind of simple version of it. <laughs> Great. That was a good uh, synopsis. Yep. And, and so how long were you asking in Shavasana the question of what are you to do next? About a whole year. Took time. Okay. Yeah, I think that's so important for people to hear because sometimes these questions aren't answered so quickly. Just because we ask them doesn't mean we'll necessarily get the answer right away. Did you feel that you had to sort of peel back some layers before you were able to hear that answer? Oh, I don't know about that. I'm not sure if I had to peel it back, but I was in a big space of really trying to get all the tools like I was trying to do everything I could to be more well you know I I was feeling very unwell very out of balance uh at a huge transition point where I you know was exiting a relationship and spent that whole year kind of processing and unpacking so perhaps I was unpeeling layers but I was doing a lot of hard work like leaning in like to all of my emotions and some of my friends were very alarmed like you don't have to lean in like just you know you don't have to get that in into all of that discomfort and ickiness and stickiness that usually people are like oh jump away from that that's not comfortable but I do think in self-growth it is hard work and meditation itself just base level is not supposed to be comfortable physically it's uncomfortable but mentally When people say, oh, yeah, it's so hard. Oh, my gosh, I can't sit. As you said, I want to crawl out of my skin in 10 minutes. So normal. If it was meant to be comfortable, I think everyone in the world would be like, oh, yeah, like, that's so easy. The benefits are there because it is uncomfortable. And that is something I do believe why my process took a long time, too, is because I was working through a lot of things. Yeah. Myself, about my mental habits and my patterns. Uh, really trying to understand, seeking first to understand instead of seeking first to change everything, right? right? You have to understand before you change. And I, from the bottom of my heart, I just wanted to pack everything up and run away, right? I, I had that flight response in my body was really strong. The fight was really strong for a while. The flight was really strong. The freeze, I had it all at some point in the year. 
but knowing I needed to make the right choice for me, for my future, and for what I meant to give and be in the world, like it was so important. I just knew this is not something I can rush. And I'm not patient. I wouldn't describe myself really as a person, <laughs> but I, for your listeners to, to know, yeah, it, you want the answer now. I get it. I hear you. But if you really want it to be the right answer, do the hard work and, and create the space for that answer to manifest. Yeah, one of the things that I really see in my clients, myself and other people is there is this place where the decisions most people are making are from a reactive, I don't want to be in pain anymore. I want to get out of the suffering. And so, oh, I think I'll try this. This must be the thing that'll work. And then that doesn't work. Oh, well, I'll try this. And, and so they're not even aware that what they're doing is they're pivoting and ping-ponging from thing to thing, like this. some people call this shiny object syndrome, <laughs> because they're hoping for something to actually help them to feel better so that they're out of pain. And so what, you're, what a big piece of what you're saying in that sitting in the discomfort is you've got to sit through the pain to get to this, this, or let's just call it discomfort because it's, that's a more accurate description. By sitting- It can be pain, it can be suffering, it can be dissatisfaction. I think, well, we won't, it could be anything, right? But right. it's not resonating. Right. Yeah. So I don't want, what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to really get at is the fact that it doesn't have to be this massive pain, but a discomfort. And we are- so trained, especially in our society today and everything moving so fast and the go, go, go and the do, do, do. Oh, I feel a little bit of discomfort. I'll look at my phone. Oh, I feel a little awkward silence. I'm going to say something. So it's this just uh, things get a little bit discomfort, just uncomfortable. People will do something to shift out of it. And so sitting through it, to get to the other side gives you this place of being able to make your decisions from a neutral perspective. And when you can make a decision from a neutral perspective or a slightly elevated emotion, not like crazy, like, because <laughs> that also can be a panicked decision, but from a place of neutrality or a slightly elevated emotion like gratitude or something, you are much more likely to create powerful decisions that were, will feed your soul in a totally different way. 100%. Yeah. And I, what I loved that you said is we're, everyone's reacting, right, to whatever's around them. And I, that's a key word for me because one of my mantras is respond, don't react. Because you do need to have a pause and that, kind of mindfulness practice or that awareness practice where you're pausing and saying, okay, how do I even need to respond to this? Whether it's, you know, someone is saying something to you or whether it's something inside your own heart, you're feeling that discomfort. And instead of you're a little bit hot, so you immediately turn on the air conditioning, you know, feel it, feel the heat, feel it for five minutes, two minutes, 20 minutes, and just experience that discomfort. It happens a lot in meditation, a lot in yoga, where you're in a pose or you're in I'll just use the asana practice here in a pose and 
things can become a little spicy, right? Oh, there's a little fire there. And you're like, oh, this is uncomfortable. Usually the teacher will have you stay there for at least three to five breaths. So you have to feel that at discomfort. And it's a beautiful skill to have to not constantly run away for comfort, run for comfort. And in the culture, as fast as we are, you made that great point. We are very adverse to comfort or adverse to discomfort. And I think becoming more aware of our habit of every activity and of craving comfort, I think that's just a great place to start, just awareness of what's going on. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I found in my meditation practice and is that those moments of discomfort, what I believe they are, and perhaps somebody could tell me something different, but I believe they are emotions that have been stuffed in your body at some point and they're coming up and rising up to release. And what I do know is that those moments of discomfort, as long as I don't feed them a story with my mind, last for a minute or two. And what I know about emotions is that the chemical response of an emotion in your body lasts for 90 seconds. So if you're in that place of discomfort, if you're sitting, meditating, being still in the quiet, about to pick up your phone, just there. Stay still, breathe, remind yourself that you're safe if you need to do that, and know that it will pass as long as you're not spinning your brain with a whole bunch of stories about what it means and, oh my goodness, this person and that person, as long as you're not doing that, the sensation will pass. And then you've just taught your nervous system that you can handle a little bit more that you and you've done some healing you've released something that's been trapped in your body so it's such an effective way to give yourself space because every time you release one of those old emotions that have been stuffed you have more space to allow some joy or something more beautiful in Mm, i love that and i also love this buddhist practice of when you start to feel that arise as you said the narratives we create right the stories is really what's feeding it and that will keep the chemical reaction going that will keep your emotions to continue but this practice of already seal this thing or you think this thing or you have this story and you actually mentally and visually send it up into the sky whether it's stars or whether it's a blue sky or whether it's stormy whatever but to see it float up in your mind's eye and all of the space around it how small is in comparison to everything around like that's a show like whoa it is small usually what we're putting up there what we're getting discomfort around so just to breathe space like to have that visualization of that word just floating around maybe you see clouds maybe you see stars again just having that visualization and then allowing past because sometimes if we're saying, don't think all the stories through. Don't think about all of the things. And who said this and I said this and this is going to happen. That's very hard. And I, I want to validate that. Like just saying, don't think about it is hard. But if you can have that visualization or something to give your mind to focus on that still is in the vein of what's going on. You're not distracting yourself with a text message or a YouTube. You're having that feeling. You're feeling that feeling or that thought. You just send it up into bigger space. You're still focusing on it. You're just allowing it to kind of become smaller and smaller. I love that. So 
One of the things when we're talking about being the wolf and being who you're born to be, we get to start to lean into what we're born to do. And you finally got the message that tell us the message and then tell us how everything began to unfold in your career after that. Yeah. So the message I heard was be a yoga teacher and help other people on their path of health and wellness. And after I got that message and my, my inner voice and your wisdom saying it, within one week, two weeks, I had a plane ticket booked to Nepal. I had a de- deposit paid on a yoga teacher training and a month sabbatical approved from work. And so I immediately went, flew over there. And within a day or two of being there, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely supposed to be doing this. This is definitely the right answer. So then I came home, packed up everything, quit my job. How did you know? How did you know it was the right feel it you can feel it you know I trusted the inner voice and said okay I trust that this is right and then I showed up in the space in the place with doing the thing and I just ah yeah yeah this is it like it's just this huge whole body yes and our bodies are so smart our minds can are so smart our hearts are so smart but you can feel it all over when it's the right space so came home packed everything up put the job and then found a job teaching yoga on a small island in Cambodia. And then every two to three months, based on visas, I would switch to a different country, do more yoga trainings, meditation retreats, vipassanas, Thai massage training, do training certifications and courses and retreats, and then teach as well. So I kind of moved between you know Sri Lanka, Thailand, Malaysia, Bali, Greece, you know, kind of all over for a few years and created the tribe and podcasts that have just been loving that journey, the pandemic did change kind of the cadence of my life. So that's why about a year ago, I relocated back to the U.S. to have more of a home base. And yeah, that's it's, it's been bright and beautiful and messy and stunningly uncomfortable. You know, entrepreneurship <laughs> is stunningly uncomfortable. But at the same time, oh, yeah. it's right. And I can I can feel it. Yeah, it's it is entrepreneurship. It is messy. One of my coaches it's like yes oh if you if you thought you were going to become an entrepreneur and everything was gonna be nice and neat in this neat little box like you are sadly mistaken but on the other side of that is all the good things are messy joy is messy dancing so messy and sweaty if you're really into it (laughs) making art messy so all of the good things are messy for sure it is it it's just about embracing a bit of that chaos and imagination i know our brains we've talked about that a few times on the podcast they're just not hardwired for uncertainty for that for discomfort right for just being in a place where the ground isn't quite level and that can be in your relationship and your family and your job. We talked a lot about career here, but it could be in anything. Yeah. And our brains aren't hardwired for that. You don't feel safe in that type of zone when you don't know um, the thing. Yeah, the ground is uncertain. When you don't have your tribe quite figured out, your home base, you don't know what's quite safe or not. Uh, the body doesn't love it. And the mind doesn't love it. It wants you to be okay. And I respect that very much. But when you're able to lean a little bit more into these spaces of discomfort and of growth, growth is uncomfortable. Growing pains are real um, physically and emotionally. 
But leaning in is where imagination happens and possibility and, and all these bright, beautiful things that your heart is probably really, really calling for. So sometimes a, you lose a job, you get a, a tough diagnosis, and you have that wake-up call. That can definitely be your moment. But if you want to try to create a space for that to happen before the moment, you know, it does take some silence, it does take some hard work, and it does take being okay with a bit of mess or a lot of mess. <laughs> well, and the thing is, too, it's like we can take, every time we take a step into the messy, into the unknown, the brain gets a little bit more like, huh, I can trust, I think maybe I can trust that she can handle this. And she does, and you do it again. And like, oh, I'm beginning to think that maybe she can handle most anything. And then you do it again. So when you keep doing that, you're building this self-trust. And it makes it easier and easier to switch that say yes habit to a say yes to me habit. Yep. Yep. Saying yes to yourself is a powerful thing. And when you can feel also what you want. I think that's where I wasn't I wasn't there 15 years ago. I couldn't feel what I wanted with the kind of ease I think I can today. Like feel is that a yes in my body? Is that a no? Yeah. And I think a lot of people are in that place of I can't I can't feel it yet. But you just keep at it, you guys. All of you out there, just keep at it because you will. It's it's totally possible for you to connect to who you are, who you're meant to be, and trust that whatever mess you get into along the way is going to give you some powerful resources that will support you later. I love that. Beautiful. Yes. Have a lot of faith that you're exactly where you're supposed to be right now to learn what you need to learn to go forward. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and your wisdom with us. And everybody, take that moment now. Open up your browsers. Type in wildyogatribe.com. And if you want the three secrets to maximize time and increase profits that the business gurus won't tell you, open up your browser right now. You're listening, unless you're driving, of course. Type in bethewolfgift.com. It's a wildyogatribe.com, bethewolfgift.com. And <laughs> remember, everybody, that when we feel good about who we are and what we do, we create joy and elevate humanity. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of Be The Wolf. Please take a moment to rate, share, and follow this podcast so that together we can inspire others to be the wolf.